poker's legendary champions, next generation stars, and tireless ambassadors of the game, sharing their wisdom and guiding your journey to high achievement on the green felt. This is Chasing Poker Greatness with your host, Brad Wilson. Welcome, 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 my friend, to another episode of the Chasing Poker Greatness podcast. As always, this is your host, the founder of ChasingPokerGreatness.com, Coach Brad Wilson. And today's guest on CPG is former co-owner of Live at the Bike, Wayne Chang, who's dropping in to share some very exciting news. Live at the Bike is back and better than ever. So without spoiling too much of the show, today you're going to learn why the poker world ought to be insanely excited about the new Live at the Bike ownership, how the OG live stream has evolved in the year 2022, and what Wayne believes will be the future of Live at the Bike and the streaming space in general. Also, if you want a sneak peek of the brand spanking new state-of-the-art Live at the Bike setup and you're on YouTube, be sure to stick around after today's show so that you can watch head CPG private coach Shu and I break down two pre-recorded hands played on the brand new Live at the Bike setup by today's guest, Wayne Chang. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Wayne, welcome back to Chasing Poker Greatness, sir. How you been? All right, Brad, just a lot of work, infinite work, as you know. (laughs) Infinite work, the the work work. never ends. You, You cut one head off and two heads spawn like the Hydra. It's like 24. Shout out to David Fury, the executive producer. He's, uh, you know, when Jack Bauer solves one problem, there's two more right there. <laughs> yep. in space. Luckily, luckily, we're friends with the Hydra, or at least I am. You know, I, I don't mind uh, navigating the work. I, I think if I didn't have anything to do, I would probably just lose my mind. I think that at least for Live of the Bikes case, um, clear there it's been around for like 17 years i was not even close to there from start i've been around six seven years um the director brian arakaki shout out to them he's a trooper you know he's been there for 10 years and executive producer the former executive producer ellen delart she's you know iron woman iron woman did do the swipe and uh you know after my involvement as a coner for better or worse I have an internet startup background. You know, I'm a big fan of watching like Y Combinator, Gary V, and stuff like that. So, you know, my contribution helped facilitate the sale. Tell me about that the the sale of Live at the Bike, and actually, just how it came about that you were the owner or the co-owner of Live at the Bike in the first place. So, co-owner, like Live at the Bike's got a long, long history. Um, I had, of course, heard about it before I was involved. And because, you know, people like you and I, we play online and have millions of hands. It doesn't interest us because it's like, you know, after you watch, after you play probably even a hundred thousand hands, you just, this stuff just isn't, you know, that interesting, but, um, you know, there was Bart Hanson, David Tuckman, Evelyn, like Nicole Jurgens, like all these people, you know, led up to the development of Live of the Bike to the point where, um, you know, Lyman Poker, you know, a good friend of ours in the, you know, just the realist when it comes to the poker world. Um, anybody who's interested in poker, just got to listen to poker. So she'll just tell you the truth and not sugarcoat it. Um, he became, he was a co-owner with Nicole Jurgens, Brian Arakaki and Evelyn Delart. And um, I was playing in Lyman's PLO game at this. I was bust. This was like 10 years ago. I had a lot of family issues. You know, when you go bust, you got to blame yourself. Like, First and foremost, unless you're literally dealt the losing hand nonstop for 14 months, which also happened to me at a later time, not when I went bust. So, but I was a lot wiser when it happened. Um, so I told a joke to Lyman, and he's like, "Tell another one." And I told him, that. "He's like, tell another one." I don't even remember the joke. I got like nonstop jokes. It's like you know, it's like this is the fifth time you said last orbit. I swear, you know, stuff like that. Or one another one's like, um, you know, when somebody tells you a bad beat story. It's annoying, right? Or it's not annoying to me because I just say, wow, that's like top five, maybe top three worst beats of all time. Oh my God. That's like top five, maybe top three worst beats of all time. Jeez, I feel so bad for you. That's like top five, maybe top three worst beats of all time. Just move on, you know? <laughs> it sounds like you've got that pretty well rehearsed. Like, yeah, we got, you know, Lyman and I got a lot of 
<laughs> a lot of toolkits for, you know, the, the normal poker player. And then, um, so he's like, commentate with me. And I'm like, is it paid? He's like, yes. Yeah. So I'm like, well, I'm bust though. I, ain't, <laughs> I don't have any choices. So um, I got on, you know, playing the shows to, to showcase that I could play. So I'm qualified to commentate because like, wow, at least back in the day, there's a lot of poker commentators were like, do you even play? <laughs> do you play poker, bro? So um, yeah, that was like, I played all the games. And because, you know, no limit hold'em commentators are a dime a dozen. So I, you know, specifically set out to showcase that I play the other games um, to be qualified. And one of the big things of why non-no limit hold'em games have trouble with audiences People don't even know the hand rankings. Like the audience is like, what's Badoogie? You know, what's Deuce's seven? You know, what's the nuts? And then you have to like, well, the way I do things, which helped is translate everything into no limit hold'em terms as much as you can. Obviously, the draw game is more difficult, but um, you know, something like in Deuce's seven, having a deuce is key, kind of like an ace. And then you want to have a deuce and a seven and a card in between three and five that's kind of like having ace king it's like you don't have a made hand but you're drawing to very strong hand so just analogies like that yeah just anchoring anchoring the education in something that the audience or the watcher the viewer already knows and the audience is so nitpicky he's like oh what about they what about b what about c it's like we're doing what we can to like try to help the audience, you know, bring it in. And poker, of course, has a marketing problem because like the pros just like have so much, so much uh, bigger edge on the recreational players more so than a table game. So while pros are boasting how much better they are, it's like you're literally scaring away <laughs> because they're going to lose more in a poker game faster than if they play Baccarat, especially Baccarat. <laughs> so. Yeah. So. So you and Lyman, y'all are joking around. You start commentating on Live at the Bike, and then you're busted, right? So how, how does one well, I, buy I, Live at the Bike? <laughs> oh, I mean, this is like way, way super. So I became a prop at the bike and just like, um, you know, just worked my way up. I was doing, you know, I, I had an entrepreneurship project too. And just, it, it's rough. It's, you know, like Steve Jobs initially said, it's bad tasting medicine and you just got to eat it. Like in, in. Of course, there's a period of bitching, but really, like, attitude will hopefully persevere, like, good attitude and not just, like, taking the easy way outs, which, let's let's be honest, poker, there's a lot of upfront, seemingly easy way outs that just get you into more trouble. Um, so, yeah, I was getting paid as a prop, 40, 80, and uh, it's pretty... Like, you know, those gigs are super good. They barely exist anymore. It's, um, it was like $40 an hour, which, uh, I think 20 of it was tax-free and you get like overtime and you, you know, play with your own money. So, um, it just, it's much more stable life. And, you know, I fully acknowledge if you want to max EV in poker, you play on your own, but it's a lot harder life. And the older you get, you just don't necessarily have energy, enough energy to keep it up. Right. So, you know, that plus, you know, commentating on live of the bike and just like, as everyone knows, the live of the bike games are better than the average ones you see, unless you're in a new flush environment like Texas was like a year or two ago. And um, yeah, that's how it, you know, started. And then, uh, so I'm, I'm not like totally privy on like the happenings, but like there's a little, there, Live the bike in the back end had a bunch of um, a bunch of situations where people all meant well to grow the product, and people just had different visions. And you could say it's sometimes a little bit people's fault or nobody's fault, but just like when, just like you know, all companies, friends, groups, you know, families, when they have differing views, you know, things are going to collide. So um, you know, Lyman and the other owners disagreed on what direction to take things. And, you know, Lyman sold his shares. I was up for contention. It turned out like Dan Zach and JJ De La Garza, you know, bought them and just, yeah, every passing day, like the company potentially wants to go in certain directions. And um, some people 
work in that direction or some people don't. And yeah, so basically that, that conflict yeah. and, and conflicting visions, um, some people just got out, uh, when their vision yeah. wasn't, wasn't realized. And then other folks bought those shares up and were pushing towards, you know, so that vision. while, yeah, I, so as a third person point of view, just like somebody in the chat watching a poker stream, you don't know what the hell's going on. So like, I hear things, you know, I see things and like, of course I'm not like completely dataless, but I do not know. Like I I've heard so many conflicting things, not even like, not that conflicting, but just like, you know, different versions of stories that I'm just like, you know what, while I'm not a coner, I'm just like, not going to comment on this stuff. Yeah. There, there, so, there's three versions to every story, right? Like each yeah. person's side and then the truth. So I'll just go over the list of like coners. It was uh, Evelyn Delart, uh, Brian Arakaki, Lyman, Nicole Jurgens, Ryan Feldman, Dan Zach, and JJ Lagarza. Those are the people who were pre my time. Up until then, I was like a contractor and just the player on the show. And of course, I had you know high ties to the brand, um, but like really the back end stuff, I don't know. Like you know, sure. other people have comments, et cetera, et cetera. But really, like, and then it came opportunity for me to have an, I had an option to buy alignment shares, but the timing wasn't good. Um, so time after I had an option um, to buy shares and I, I, they were like, okay, we need ABC, XYZ. Can you do this? And I'm like, yes. So I did it and I had a bunch, like everybody, when they had tackle on a new project, you have all these ideas, like, I'm going to do this, this is, and then you, you face reality or like, Oh yeah, I can't do that. I'm just gonna <laughs> make things happen that are are plausible. So I did. Um, when I came on board, the viewership grew. What was the best idea that you had that was not plausible? That the best idea is not plausible. So yeah. this was too way too idealistic, and it's not so much that. Um, it's just it it it's too ambitious, which is to to grow poker beyond no limit hold'em. I wanted to have high stakes for. Mixed game, limit hold'em, seven card stud, because as we know, in LA, high stakes poker is distributed among these. It's not just no limit hold'em like you see on, on TV. In fact, no limit hold'em was probably the least popular for a while. And the healthiest game was probably like limit hold'em. And the seven card stud was just super consistent until, you know, that pool was no longer there. So they aged out my, of this life. <laughs> yeah, they're still playing now. I see them playing mixed games and hold them, but like, you know, we know their heart is in seven card stud. But like one of the unrealistic things was I wanted to showcase high stakes poker in Los Angeles in its purest form and potentially even ever evolving as the, the time sure. progress. And that just was not a reality. Yeah, just, Revenue wise, because people just aren't going to watch the other forms. Like even Lemon Holden, which is in PLO, which is the same hand rankings. It's just like, you know, there's, there's no personal tension. Like if you and I are in a hand and no limit, or it's like, this is what I describe as in PLO, if you're in a hand and I'm in a hand, or we're in a hand with each other, it's like, all right, you got to draw, I got top set, whatever. You know, we got it. And Lemon Holden's like, you know, we're seeing the river, you know, you got some sick play off me, but it's like one extra bet. It's like, whatever. In no one hold them, if I stack you, you're stack me. And one of us did a minor misstep or somebody got coolered or something. It just gets more personal. And that personal behavior comes out on camera and you feel it because when you're playing in real life, like you just have emotions that, you know, you potentially don't have in the other games. What about PLO? I mean, it, I see what you're saying, but PLO, it feels like, you know, a really high stakes PLO game could grab some viewers, right? Lots of money on the table uh, in the same way that like, you know, folks watch poker tournaments and there's always a big flip for a million dollars, right? It's not exactly high level strategy stuff. It's like, oh, somebody's got the ace king and somebody's got the jacks. Let's go for a million dollars. Um, so the, the answer to this is in PLO, the audience isn't as familiar so with no limit hold'em, it's a great design because it's easy for the viewer to figure out what to do with two cards. 
Right. Especially when you have options on move all in. When you have four cards and only two in your hand, you can must play two in your hand and three on the board. Even like a veteran like me, like when I'm watching a kill, I'm like, I'm not, you know, I miss things. And just like that's that's the problem. So it's like if I want to watch PLO, then sure, I want to watch like Dylan Weissman or you know Chris Wayne or Chris Brewer, like all these like superstars, you know. But has anyone tried high stakes PLO live? Yeah, live and we've. I mean, we ran a twenty forty eighty with uh, the upswing guys. It's just the ecosystem's not sustainable. Plus, like more so than hold them, you have highly competitive PLO and you have just like wild animal PLO. <laughs> so really the wild animal PLO is just like, Hey, let's have a party. I have a, you know, double suited, like six gapper let's, let's go, you know, and the, and the, uh, hyper competitives, like, you know, like when do you, when do you three bet the eight, seven, seven, five, you know, <laughs> against the hijack race, like that's, you know, and even, talking about that is like the EV can be so slim either way and have player history involved. So it's, it's tough because the, the no limit hold'em community is like centralized an anchor. There's um, a history, there's Chris moneymaker and then the, the 2005 guys on TV and then, you know, just branches off into so many different directions, but there's something to anchor it. Whereas like when you try to introduce something new, I mean, obviously Joe Ingram one, AK Chicago, Joey tried to, evangelized PLO and has grown, but it's just really hard for the average viewer to be like, oh my God, you know, and just like stay with it too. Whereas like no woman hold them. The second I want to get serious one, I have like, you know, chasing poker readiness podcast, plus like, you know, so many training sites, like upswing run at once, raise your edge, take crush light poker, like all these different resources. If I want to get better and I have like, you know, streams like live of the bike, you know, poker go, you know, like all these things to just watch and, you know, learn. Whereas like, I would say like limit Holden is even the second one where it branches off and there's still a lot of material on it, but are people ever going to be inspired to be like, yeah, I just want to get better at limit Holden. <laughs> you know, it's well, just like, it's a completely different. Yeah. I would say that yeah. limit Holden has realized and maxed out its potential at this stage of the game. Um, PLO, I, I disagree. I disagree, but at the same time, but the thing is, there's no incentive to chase it. Like every game, even No Limit Hold'em has just gone so deep down the rabbit hole. Like I was listening to Ben CV talk about a hand, an MTT hand where he's like, yeah, pocket fours are better than pocket fives in this circumstance because, you know, they have like king five suited and ace five suited, which would fold to a rip, you know, but you want to unblock the five in their hand with right. the fours. I'm just right. like, oh my God, like, the, you know. I have one of the best graphs on global poker and I don't even know that stuff. I mean, I, you know, if you tell it to me, I'm like, yeah, it makes sense. But yeah, like effectively practical. pocket fours is better than fives here because of, you know, fours Blocking. doesn't block the hands. Right. right. Yeah. <laughs> it, it may, again, it, it makes sense. It's, it's not something I'm quite unstudied at MTTs. So not a thing that I've like really put a lot of energy into, um, the tournament side of things, but, uh, yeah, going back though, that? Yeah, we can talk about MTT stuff later. But yeah, going back to Live of the Bike, when I came in, I have a lot of influence from like, you know, by Commoner, Gary V, um, Dennis Fong, who created gamers.com, Xfire, Raptor, uh, Plays.tv. Now he's working on a Web3 uh, project. Like, I just, and JC Everson is the co founder of chess.com. These are, you know, guys I grew up with. And I'm not as a natural, I'm not as natural of an entrepreneur as they are, but just observing them and just studying, it's like, you know, at some point it's my turn to bat and this was my turn. So I increased the viewership, the peak concurrent on live at the bike, I think was about 3000. I, during my run, it increased to like 8.8 K peak concurrent when um, COVID happened and the revenue was increased by about, I don't know, I would say 35 to 40%. Mm-hmm. That being said, you know, um, it's hard. It's a, it's a give or take. I, I was aiming and I've, you know, produced the most high stakes poker episodes on stream. That being said, like, I don't have the most sexy ones. And mine's more about consistency and efficiency. And when, you know, a company like Bally's sees 
that kind of consistency, longevity, plus um, increased revenue, then it's open for purchase. Whereas if a company is like losing money, you know, may not be such a good purchase. Right, right. And so, so you bought Live at the Bike, you, you built it yeah. up to yeah. like- I was over, one of the people, like many- one of, like, Yeah, there, there was many yeah. owners, but you bought in, in in the ownership group. Uh, it built up to- It was my influence. It was heading in that kind of direction. And, you know, and again, like, it's like not, like everybody's got different views. We all mean well, like everyone wants the product to do well. Of course, nobody like wants it to burn to the ground. <laughs> they just have different <laughs> ideas about how to, how to build it, yeah. right? Yeah. So at least when I was involved, we were relatively in the same direction. And of course, all of us wanted different things, but that takes time, energy, and resources, and we have to pick our battles. So when people look on the outside, they're like, oh, why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? Like one of the most common ones, like I get DM them, just like, hey, you should do a 24-hour stream. I'm like, yeah, that's great. Who's going to run it? Who's going to pay for it? <laughs> right, right. Um, so on the production side and the sales side, so eventually you sell your shares or does the whole ownership group sell to Bally's? Is that what happened? And what year did that happen? That happened approximately March or April, 2021. So that's a year ago. Yeah. Like the talks started and basically it it was like, yeah. Cause like, at least for my contribution, one, I'm just one person and I have a finite amount of, um, energy and ability to contribute and what they were talking about, which, you know, you're going to hear on card player and podcasts to come, they had their vision of a show and just to con- continually build on this product. So, you know, as a small team, we could continue to run that product, but it has its limitations. And, you know, we got to the point where it's like, when we liked what we were hearing um, and it was just time. You've survived pre-flop boot camp. You've shot the fish in a barrel. Now, prepare yourself for the feeding frenzy. A comprehensive strategy for gutting every fish in your player pool. Data-driven hero bluffs call-downs, and perfect value bets that are maximally designed to hurt some feelings. Feeding Frenzy. Available now at ChasingPokerGreatness.com slash Feeding Frenzy. You mentioned that Feldman was part of the ownership group, right? Who spun off and now yep. is, is running the Hustler, Hustler stream. So I imagine that like differences in ideologies or how things go i guess this is another component of it right they get to go off and he's you know doing his own thing and um trying to realize his vision for what a poker live stream ought to be so i was yeah i mean i've worked with ryan quite a bit like um you know in hustler it's like some people hustler have issues with the people i work with and vice versa and like i'm kind of stuck in the middle and it's just kind of like you know, they, they make it an effort to mention this beef is there's no beef with me. Um, and I don't, the thing is I was not co-owners. I was not actually there when the stuff with Ryan and the other co-owners when it, when it went down. So like I hear things, but at the same time, at, you know, at the end and Ryan and I had talked about this cause like I had heard stuff and he's like, that wasn't true. And, you know, other people said things, he said things and just like, there's, you know, the other corners, like, that's not true. So it's like, right, right. I, you it's, know what? Again, I don't know. <laughs> there's one side of the story, the other side of the story, and then the truth is in the middle, right? Um, yeah. And it's hard to gauge. And honestly, it probably just doesn't really matter so much. You know, what's what's done is done. And um, what they're doing is great. And from what I've seen from what you're doing, it appears to be great as well, which is heading into you know the valleys by and then the relaunch of live at the bike they're just totally different directions that's the thing is there's different shows it's like even the world series and the wpt are two different shows sure yeah i mean they're so and just like and there's know, room for Go, both right like there, there's room yeah. for both it's we're lucky that there's demand for all this stuff like you know this you know definitely um some like you know comparisons but at the same time 
it's like when a shoe brand comes out, like, you know, the Jordans come out or the, the Reebok pumps come out, like every product is going to have their product that brings something to the table. And in the end, you know, I hate to be so cold about it, but the industry wins and as poker players, we have to be kind of cold about these situations. And, um, you know, like I said, Live the Bike's been around for 17 years and gone through like so many different people that each threw in their pebble to the glass of water half empty or half full and just piles on and nobody knows what's going to happen. But, you know, our relaunch is April 30th and me and the older staff I was working with and the newer staff were just like, wow, we had no idea this was coming. Like, this is just insane. And there's more things to come. What so, is insane about the relaunch? Um, the room got completely renovated, you know, tape, you know, new table software. There's like some software that we have and now in development that is not going to be new to the tech industry, but at least for the poker industry, it just doesn't exist. Um, the back of the room, which, you know, you see, we'll see with the videos is um, they're all monitors and you could do a lot of cool things with those monitors. Like if you and I are in the hand, it'll have, and we've had, you know, hands together for five years. Let's take Andy and Garrett, for example, because they probably have the most hands on live with the bike against each other. Like, you know, if the camera's on Garrett, then they show that, you know, he's been on Survivor and him and Andy had battled like even long before live with the bike and the camera's on Andy and, you know, vice versa. It's like, you know, all the stuff that he's working on is sponsored by GG Poker now and just the growth of those two players over the almost two decades. Yeah, so you can put like clips of that in the background or profiles or stats or just any kind of graphic that, that you would like. There's like the team's already shout out a ton of ideas and just the new executive producers and valleys when they hear all these ideas are like, wow, that's that's amazing. They're just they're so open-minded and it's like, you know, it's it's a bit of it's a really big change because even when I was involved and I've definitely heard stories before, like people were we're um, debating over what direction, what vision to take it. And these new executive producers are like, we want it all. Like we want, like, we want to honor you, 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 you know, that view, this view. So it's like, cool. Cause now they have like the I resources said, to yeah. invest it, it into the product as well. Yeah. So, you know, it's in like, I'm constantly impressed by everybody on the team. Like when they, when they, have the time and energy and now resources to to put their foot forward it's like wow it's not just like it's just it's a different it's a different feel because we can now step by step do a lot of things that all of us wanted to do rather than pick and choose um and just like settle on something i guess so when live at the bike relaunches in the very, very near future. Um, my plan is to get this out before the 30th. Uh, what can the listener slash viewer of Chasing Poker Greatness expect? Why should they tune in to this new iteration of Live at the Bike? Well, we've already recorded five shows. For, I think today's the sixth show and we'll have more. But on the 30th, we potentially will have $4.5 million on the table. And I'm pretty sure that's beat every... United States record. It might even be higher than Triton. I, I, I don't know. So, you know, I don't want to be quoted on that, but we're going big. And 4.5 million, you're nine handed, right? No, not even nine. I think it's seven. Seven it handed. Might be eight. It might be yeah. eight handed, but yeah. It's a lot it's of money seven. per person. <laughs> 400,000 a person? Uh, no, a couple are fewer buying a mill. <laughs> yeah. So, so we could potentially have some, some million dollar pots. We can potentially have some $2 million pots <laughs> um, with all their money too. Like, you know, I don't want to throw particular people on the bus, but when you're like a lot of people playing the super high roller rolls or, you know, high stakes cash, they're not playing with their own, all their own money. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, these, I, I, these guys I, I, are. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't really matter to me so much whether or not folks are playing it's, with all, sure. all of their own money. Um, it's somebody's money. So somebody's upset one way or the other and somebody's happy one way or the other. Yeah. Um, but 
yeah, th- those are some some giant stakes. Can you speak to the players that will be competing for all this money? And and yeah, we've definitely reached out a lot of people, and the people who are showing up are you know among our first draft picks, so to say. So you know that that's exciting. There's obviously some people we want again, we'll get in the future, but they're just not available. And sure. uh, but um, yeah, I don't <laughs> I don't know what to say. And each show. Well, who are the characters? Have... Who who are the characters? Are you at liberty to say like who's playing in these? You know, this game with four point five million on the table. Um, I can say there's half classic people and half people. There's definitely two people that haven't been on before on Light of the Bike, and half classic, and of course some big names that have been there. It's very vague, before. Wayne. It's very vague. I guess I you'll have I to tune in to live at the bike. I just, see, I can't see the, the yeah, folks who are battling. There's social media pushes. And as, a, as of the meeting on April 26th, like we are still discussing what to do. And I'm not, you know, I'm one of the liaisons <laughs> to live at the bike. I'm not in control of the, the media. And the, there's an intro shot with Eric Hicks, Chris Ewing, Kitty, Lynn, Matt Berkey. It is just like it's filmed by Matthew Sefchuk, who's a very good friend of mine. He's in the poker world, he's more affectionately known as Wheeze, my co-commentator. But um, he's an award-winning uh commercial short film and music video director, and he just really came with it with this. And um, there's just more to come. Like, and yeah. For for watching it, right? Like where still youtube streaming um where where do folks <laughs> go youtube uh the same youtube channel as it's always been on and there will be more coming it's it's be so vague but you know <laughs> if, if, if when there's this re news, this mysterious relaunch of live at the bike <laughs> that that will go live hey, so <laughs> this this is the god honest truth of what happened like two fridays ago um one of the games was filmed um like the the big names were Maria Ho. I think Matt Berkey was in there. I'm not, I don't, I'm not totally sure, but yeah, Matt Berkey was in there. So after Bally saw this, we were going to just, you know, launch last week after Bally saw this and it's still rough. It's just, but as a first draft for what to come, they're like, we're going to do more. <laughs> this is not, this is the beginning not even close then. So that's why it's difficult for me to talk about things because there's so much stuff in the air and I'm hearing like good news, like every day. So, you know, it, it was, it's different when you're a, a co-owner, um, but just like in, especially in the internet startup world, you hear about this. It's like, sometimes it's time to let go and let somebody else, you know, take the reins that has more resources I'm just gonna like I'll be unmodest or I will be modest and say a better vision because um when I joined Live of the Bike, I played, I regged the high stakes games in like every game. Like we were probably at some crossover, like PJF remembers him and I playing heads up seven card stud. I remember playing Nolan Holden with them. I don't remember the stud, but just like I, I was old heads up yeah. seven card stud. <laughs> Yeesh. We every I mean just you know how it is like when you're in that era, you know, everybody's around, you know, people like, you know, come and go or come back or like change directions in lives in their life. And um, at that time I was like, well, I play everything. I've regged the high stakes games, so I should be okay to like be involved here. And at this point, um, Bally's wants to take live with the bike and um, the concept of the show just bigger than ever. And that's something, cause like I spend most of my time on the West coast, like, Vegas, San Diego, Bay Area, and LA. So I've never set foot in Borgata, Macau, <laughs> Europe, you know. So they have plans after they mature what goes on here. Um, I see. So spinoffs live at, you know, site, the Borgata or X, X, Y, or Z as a placeholder example. Um, basically, it's yes. like this is like a, it's effectively for Bally's. Um, not going to call it like a pilot project, but kind of that they can then duplicate if they so chose. Or more just showcase 
like what is special about a certain area because you know like i said i don't think anyone's gonna debate like i'm a hub for la poker like i played everything i play the highest stakes and you know i'm more focused on building products now i do dabble in playing here and there but really like when it's time to do work i get up maybe not even waiting for the blind which as you know as a professional poker just kills you inside and not i'm so trained (laughs) to wait for the blind I was yeah, exactly. preparing for a live stream that I do once a month on poker coaching and like making sure my tech was all set up and in stream labs. And I bought in at like five and L um, and like, <laughs> I, I'm like messing around a five and L and I'm like, okay, so I got to wait till my big blind. I'm like, what are you yep. doing? You idiot. The blinds yeah, are like two cents, five like cents. Like, yeah, yeah. it's, yeah, I'm, I just can't make myself like, it feels so bad. Just uh, so bad playing, playing the blinds and then folding the button. Um, yeah. But yes, I, I um, caught myself uh, just falling into that trap uh, just naturally. So yeah, I know some people on the East Coast, like, you know, friends and people I obviously know because they're famous. So like friends like, you know, Dan Zach or like Mer- Melissa Burr, um, who, you know, were in the Borgata streets. And then, you know, people I know because they're famous, like Sean Deeb, you know, it's just like, what can, if if something were to happen in Borgata af- after Live the Bike showcases what it could do in L.A., and there's just so many, like, it's, it's not blind to any of the former owners what could be done with Live of the Bike because it's in the heart of Los Angeles. It's that time, money, you know, and energy, like, it's just, and now Bally's and the new execs want to step in and just, boom, you know, make it happen for LA and then potentially look at other places to, to showcase. Yeah. Know? That'd be, that'd be awesome. I mean, as somebody that's traveled around and played a lot of poker in a lot of different places, there is a different vibe, right? There's different yeah. community. There's different superstars. There's different, um, regs and different storylines. And it's just a different feel, you know, like in Florida versus, um, in LA or I'm sure Texas appears to be quite different. I haven't been there. Oh, absolutely. Uh, and that's probably because, like, because the lodge, you know, obviously, um, Doug Polk and Brad Owen and Andrew Nimi, they're doing stuff there. So, you know, we're all in the poker world excited to see what they come up with, but it, like when it comes to a quote, quote, duplication process, like the, like the lodge or even Texas card house, or I'm like, forgive me. Like I, you know, I have so much on my mind. I don't know what's out there, but just like, you know, they're not a, like a copy of, you know, live of the bike or whatever. They're trying to create their own flavor because of where they're at. And that's like the model. It, it's not so much like a copying model. It's like every city let's showcase what Borgata is, you know, or New York's about, or, you know, Macau's about like, it's not like, Oh, live the bike copy, find the next Garrett. And um, no, it's well, like, you know, yeah, it is a decent model, right? To try to duplicate, but you're not going to find Garrett and it's not going to be the same atmosphere. So it's more um, just, yeah, just the model of live at the bike and then trying to expand it elsewhere, um, finding, you know, your different your different players, different storylines, all the things that make a show a show, which in my mind, you know, poker's an amazing game and that's why I promote it and that's why I've pretty much devoted my life to poker since I was 19 years old. Um, and so it's really great seeing these places featured in a way that maybe some of them just haven't been yet. So one thing, at least for live at the bikes case with the relaunch is there are people who have started like, you know, 17 years ago, like C8 James, like Harry, like Josh Macchiello, uh, Israeli Ron, like they, started this and watched this thing grow long before I was there. So one thing is, especially guys that are incredibly loyal to the show, like we want to showcase them first and foremost and, you know, grow from there and just be like, these are the guys that held on, you know, that, that like started, stayed true and held on. And we need to honor them before moving on to whatever, you know, let's yeah. make sure live of the bike in LA gets the first priority the longest first and longest standing poker stream and you know make sure that is a world famous and world respected product before moving on to the next city i guess (laughs) what do you have to say to the folks who have tweeted 
recently, you know, um, live at the bike still exists. Live at the bike is, is still a thing. It's, oh, I mean, it, it's just a joke. It's, it's funny. Like, I don't like, that's the thing. It's like, people always want to comment like the shade that's thrown at like, I don't know. Like, beyond, people, beyond the shade, where, where should they go to, to check out the, the relaunch? Oh, I mean, I like, it's human to, to ask whether it's malicious or joking, like, oh, what happened to live? Like, cause I, I saw some people like half a year ago say, oh, live advice can go out of business. And we had already sold. So it just like it shows that people reading social media have no idea what's going on, which is fine because, you know, it doesn't affect me slash live the bike either way. Like we're going to move forward or not. Like if people are going to close shop, like I'm working Dave, you know, they're just going <laughs> to announce it, I guess, you know, but um. Yeah, it's just it's just chatter. I don't know, like people are free to talk. Isn't that why Elon Musk or you know bought Twitter? <laughs> yeah, people talk. People are free it's to talk. I, I I would I would say to them, you know, check out the relaunch and see what you've been up to and all the work that you know yeah. you've put into developing, and improving the the product as well as you know all, all that money that's been funneled into it to we, upgrade production and all that all that stuff. We want to we want to hear all the good and the bad and just like processes and see, see what's possible. Cause it's like, you know, it's not like a 24 hour stream has escaped us the concept, but like from a practicality perspective, it's like, you know, not going to bring what the effort put out. will um, you know, it's not to just recruit the effort put out. So what about, yeah, uh, let's, so we can, you know, we can wind down with this. Um, in your exceptionally biased opinion, how do you think the the relaunch is going to compare to, say, Hustler livestream? So this is out of my hands, but like the new execs were like, you know, they saw Hustler, and frankly, they're like, they have a, they feel like they have a better vision, and for the the meantime. Like we sold before Hustle even launched. Like the, so, the vision was set. Valleys and the exec producers had a vision already before they even saw Hustler. And then when they when they saw it, they were like, you know, this, they they think their vision is better. When it came to survival mode in the last eight months, shout out to Iron Man, Brian Arakaki, and myself. Like we were, I mean, for people to say like Hustler's production is better is like it better be better. Like the, the production we have is like a four-year-old production. Like, you know, you have all this brand new equipment. Like, it's just normal. It's kind of like, you know, we have cool sneakers like four years ago and they get worn down after four years. Somebody buys, you know, latest new kicks. Of course, it's going to be better. And when people, you know, when we're down for like a month and a half or we haven't upgraded because corporate's slow, it's like, of course, it's what people are going to say. I don't, it's like, if you have Queens and I have Jacks and the flops nine high, <laughs> Of course you're going to beat me <laughs> like it's one of the um when we get to the mtt section of this it's kind of like entitlement like when people are disappointed of busting a tournament like my in the money is like 28 i, I sent you my stats so i still bust 72 percent of the time so it's like if i have ace queen you have ace king i'm expecting to win no <laughs> like i feel lucky to even cash right so effectively it's like if Husser had been around for four years and then another stream pops up um, and Husser hasn't upgraded its production quality or value or vision in that yeah. time, it's of course most likely going to be worse than the exactly. new one that, that pops up. Right. <laughs> so from an outsider perspective, you know, obviously Hustler's done a good job and it, they've done a great job. Like yeah. it, it's just very visually appealing. I, I think they've done a, an excellent job and to be fair, like uh, all of these things, you know, this is like the free market at work, right? There's two streams and you're building off of each other, right? Like you're figuring out, you know, what one is doing exceptionally well. Um, and then you just progress and that's the nature of competition and progression. And yeah, it, it makes sense. All, all the streams have different core strategies, which have similar player crossover. So yeah. except for like, stones, the stones stream, they had, they had a different model. They, <laughs> they had a different model that you know, a lot of us are against, but, but, but more so than hustler. What I think is interesting is the 
the advent of the lodge and the stream coming there because Doug Polk has obviously upswing Anjanimi and Brad Owen has their vloggers, their vlogger uh, audience. So I feel like that's a really interesting experiment to see how that goes because let's be honest, like our equipment, like the live bike equipment is going to smash like everybody. Except maybe Poker Go, but even then, like they're different flavors. So when it comes to a visual perspective, you're saying Hustler is like good. Like what's coming up is sorry. Like just being objective, live the bikes is going to be better. And there's that, the lodge, there's that, that opinion that I was looking for. Yeah. I mean, that's like, the thing is, this is a podcast. It's presumably going to release before, you know, the live of the bike relaunch. Plus you could have me back at any time, you know, it's, it's, <laughs> it's a, to hype up what it, what's coming, but like, it's like, you know, the lodge has spent money upgrading their equipment and like objectively, it's just not going to be as good as on the bike. So yeah, as big as, you know, upswing poker is and as successful as, you know, Doug, Brad and Andrew have been, there are no Bally's, right? Yeah. Like, who is so, Bally's, right? There, there's very few corporations like Bally's. Yeah. And at the same time, there's also very few people like Doug Polk, Andrew Nimi, and Brad Owen. So, you know, we have different flavors for different streams and it kind of, you know, just goes from there. And cool, man. It's yeah, yeah. like, it, I, like it, I it's said, good to everyone's see. got different strategies. Yeah. Yeah. Or different, different, different strategies and strengths. So we're just going to, you know, play towards our strengths and none of us are perfect. None of us can do everything. Like when, when people are saying, oh, this is better than that. It's like, for now, <laughs> right? Like, you know, like when 3D or VR poker streaming comes out, like whatever the hell live of the bike is now is probably just out, you know, archaic. And I don't know, <laughs> but yeah. you know, well, from what we have, like literally everybody on the team, the bike valleys execs are just like, yeah, this is 2022. This is what's up. <laughs> and um, I hope that vr streaming doesn't happen in the near future because i get wildly sick (laughs) my experience will be quite worse than the average watcher because of my uh insane motion sickness when i put those goggles on um we are all going to be working hard but this is like a good opportunity for especially brian arakaki and myself to take a step back because at least in the last few years when uh, brian even longer than me but in the last few years, when I was a Koner, I was like spearheading my strengths, which, you know, are, you know, I'm not perfect and I don't see everything, but just like poker, you're going to play towards your strengths. And we're all aware that we're weak in something, or at least people who aren't suffering from Dunning-Kruger are aware that we're all weak in certain areas. And you just try to mitigate that kind of, you know, weakness and potentially turn into a strong area, but really like your natural strengths are always going to be your natural strengths. So that's what Brian and I were pushing, you know, when um, the equipment hadn't been upgraded and we, you know, kept it alive. Like when Bally's checked our analytics, it wasn't that far behind Hustler. So, you know, it's with what we had, we did what we could. Well, um, with that said, as we're we're wrapping up here, uh, the CPG viewer listener, where can they go to check out the stream? What time? It, what's the schedule like? All, all the all the details. So we're intending for Wednesday, Thursday, Friday minimum. This debut is April thirtieth. It's going to be a Saturday. Um, and again, I wish I'd give you more definitive answers, but literally the answers are changing every day. <laughs> And all in a good direction. Um, and well, check you know, out the live at the bike stream, and you'll get answers there. I'm sure that they'll want you to know when the next uh, episode is going to launch. But four million on the table, uh, April thirtieth. Yeah, I would probably check that out if I were interested over, in, in watching high stakes poker. Should be over four million. Should be over four point five. But again, like. People in the industry know I'm not a big talker, even though if I, even though I know certain things might happen, because it's like, you know, what if, what if it doesn't? And, you know, like no one's going to rip on me, but it kind of is a notch against your credibility. But yeah, we aim to have over 4.5 million on the table in 
again, cryptic, but some exciting people, past, present, and hopefully future. <laughs> All right, man. It's been great having you on. Great to hear about the, the relaunch of Live at the Bike. Excited to see what develops down the road. And, you know, with that said, uh, if anybody in the CPG audience wants to connect with you, where can they go? Um, email Wayne at liveofthebike.com. Just if you want to play in the show and we are going to play basically high stakes only, and we want to try to get as many people in, but here, here's the other thing too. Like, you know, several people publicly and privately have thrown shade at the company, um, and myself. And it's like, while I don't really care either way, I'm just like, not going to put you at the top of the list when you do things like that. And it's not even about poker skill. Like, yeah, people throw shade about my poker skill. And it's like, I've sent you my little poker graph. It's like, okay, that's just my online. Forget like live. <laughs> yeah, maybe I'm losing everything live. Whatever, I don't care. But just like, when you have that attitude, it's not even just towards me. It's like, how are you going to treat other people on the show? How are you going to treat the audience? You just straight up have like a negative or entitled attitude when like, especially when it's a poker pro, like, look, you're here to fleece the wrecks. Like, sorry, wait in line. Like, you know, if you're not bringing anything to the table and even the TV players that, you know, bring something to the table on all these shows, all these poker shows, it's like, presumably you're going to kill these wrecks for like quite a bit. Like, you know, give them an experience, give them a story, have a video. If you can't even do that, then like know your place in the poker world, so to say. Well, Wayne, you can put me at the top of the list. I've never talked trash about Live at the Bike or, or you uh, in any public or private forum. And I can't prove the private one, but it's true. Nonetheless. Yeah. Oh, no. I, I, we already know like external personalities. And of course, there's like fun trash talkers. That's totally fine. Like, you know, but like the ones that are just straight up like malicious, like self centered. I just like, what are you doing, man? Like well, the game's changing, right? Like the, yeah. the game is changing over time to where uh, poker players and higher level poker players have become more public personas and they either need to change their behavior with the times, yeah. with the times or they don't. And if they don't, well, then you cost yourself opportunities, right? And that's just yeah. the nature of the real world. So cool, man. Yeah. Again, it's great having you on. Really enjoyed it. And we'll catch up in the near future. Congrats on the relaunch. All right. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Chasing Poker Greatness. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts or on your favorite podcast app. Go to ChasingPokerGreatness.com to get the newsletter. Join the Greatness Village community. Book a coaching session or dive into the latest data-driven poker courses. Follow the show on Twitter at CPG Podcast.